Hey everybody, hey Sean, how you doing? Hello, good evening, how are you? Doing well, doing well. Getting ready to start this space off. I think we've got Kay joining here. Kay, I sent you a host invite, but not just request the mic. There it is. Get Kay in here. And we will get started. Start reviewing some charts. Good morning, Sofa. Yeah, definitely. Having a good day. Um, hope everybody else is having a good day. It's been, uh, I don't know, I've got good energy today. Feeling good. Looking forward to getting to another training week. Awesome. Yeah, Kay, what's going on here, Kay? All right, we'll get Kay involved. And real quick, while we're waiting, I'll just jump in and say, uh, just everybody remember, we are not uh, professionals by any stretch. This is not uh, investment advice. Um, We are just here to provide entertainment and education for educational purposes and entertainment only. Just a few friends here looking at charts and hoping you guys enjoy it, help you out with your trading for the week. Um, all right. So with that aside, let's see. Come on. Okay. Let me get you an invite to speak. Maybe that'll work. It's always so glitchy. All right. And then so taking a look at the markets this week. Hey, there's Kay. We got him. Yeah, we got you. Uh, yes. Awesome. So we're diving right into it, Kay. Got good energy, and uh, just going to take a look at the market performance. And we had quite a quite perform quite positive performance this week, except for the Dow, which was flat. S and P was up one point six five percent. Nasdaq was up over three percent for the week, um, and the Russell two K was up one point eight nine percent. The Russell is only up 0.71 on the year, but you know S and P now is up over nine percent. The Nasdaq is up over twenty, almost twenty one percent on the year. Um, and then Bitcoin is the only negative I had on the last five days of action, down 1.86%, but, you know, powerfully still up 61, around 61% on the year. Um, so really big moves for both S&P and NASDAQ, but the Dow didn't really do much. Um, and the Russell moved up nicely, but on the year has not done too much. So it's a kind of an interesting picture to see tech, big tech continue to power forward while Small caps aren't really able to do much more than move sideways. Um, the VIX, last note here, um, is the drop below 17. Um, so it's down a little bit this week, closing at 1681, I believe. Um, so that's something that I've been noting. Um, it might get below 16 if we did have another positive start to the week. So it's it's been interesting to see. And then we've got earnings start, starting to cool off. So um, I know I've got a few I'm watching. Kay, are you... Uh, I know you've got a few as well. What do we got on earnings this week? Oh, yeah. So this is going to be a very interesting week for earnings. Um, Considering we are almost at the tail end of the earnings season. So uh, I don't know how many people know, but there's a company called Zim, which is very popular among dividend investors. They are going to report earnings as a shipping. It's an Israeli company that deals with the shipping. Uh, We have Zoom reporting earnings on Monday. So a lot of uh, eyes will be on that. We have the competitor of people lows will be reporting earnings very popular uh, dividend stock a couple more tech stocks that we have is palo alto into it and toll brothers will be reporting earnings on tuesday uh, i know xpang is reporting earnings on wednesday before open your big one nvidia i know that you are going to cover today so that's that but there are three other enterprise offers that you should all keep an eye on because that is going to also tell you the health of the market, how the enterprises are looking at spending for the rest of the year, that's Snowflake, Splunk, and UiPath, and Digital Turbine, four of them, sorry. 
Uh, Thursday, we start off the day with Best Buy before open, and then we head out into TD Bank and Royal Bank of those are two banks uh, pretty much uh, wrapping up with the finance and then we end the day with Costco and Ulta Beauty which are big dividend players as well so that's yeah. on the earning side did you mention Marvell I think Marvell is one of my favorites I think it's reporting this week as well but otherwise you nailed all the ones I was looking at as well I think Palo Alto is on Tuesday yep um, yep yeah yeah so that's good stuff um and we definitely have some charts around earnings like we typically do so we'll get to everything here, um, and we'll start looking at the spy charts like we typically do. Before I do, quick introductions. You just heard Kay talking. Uh, be sure to follow him and check out his YouTube channel. Uh, Kay posts great stuff, uh, and you'll see some of his charts later on, some of the bigger names you're familiar with. And also, Sean here is uh, posting great stuff around Neo, Tesla, and a number of other. Palantir has made a big run. I'm looking forward to hearing what Sean has to say about Palantir. Uh, so give these guys a follow, and uh, thanks for following me as well. And we'll take a look at these charts. So um, first up is the SPY. Um, you know, we always start with SPY and quite a run this week. Uh, I think I have my chart up first, so I'll go ahead and just jump into that really quickly. Um, but we had, you know, I, I posted the hourly candles. I like to dive in and zoom out and dive in and, you know, kind of in and out. And this week, the hourly candles looked interesting to me because you can see we had a few fake outs um, in April where and, and May as well, where we tried to get out above this 414 level and just completely reversed. And um, on that reversal, we went all the way back down and tested 404 both times. So this time, uh, it looks like we're making a little bit higher high. We did make a higher high with the prior fake out. Uh, so that, that occurred in early May. So that's a little bit um, concerning. Uh, but what I do like here, and the reason I have the, the real thing question mark is, we did make a significantly higher higher, and now higher high, excuse me, and now um, it's settled down right on that 50-hour moving average, and um, that's right basically on top of the prior high that we had in the the fake out. So, uh, given all of that, it looks it looks pretty promising that if we can hold at this level right here around 418 and set kind of a shelf to move off of. Um, yeah, I like I like the way it's setting up, just looking at the hourly candles. Yeah, I like this. Um, I don't actually need to speak to my chart at all, because you've got the hourly, and I've got the two hourly. So it's, it's very, very similar in a way. Um, so we won't look at my chart too much. But what I like about this is um, the typical kind of breakout trade is if it breaks out of a range and it comes back down and retests that kind of support, which was previous resistant, which is around about that 417 mark, and then push up from there. That is um, that's typically a breakout trade, and that's what I'm kind of seeing here. And if you do want to spin over to my chart that we've got here, that level I, I have is about 418. Um, so looking forward, hopefully we can move, make that as a support and then bounce on and go, you know, 424, 426, whatever, um, over the next few days. If, if news is good, if earnings are good still. Um, but yeah, a typical breakout trade is, is what I see here. I don't know if you agree with that, Nate, if you said it in the past. Yeah, no, I, I think that's what this looks like to me. And uh, it's funny, I think we were bound to eventually post very similar, the same charts. We've been kind of <laughs> managing to miss with the monthly, weekly, daily, hourly. So that's when finally hit. Uh, but no, it, it looks like we're uh, saying basically the same thing. So that's nice, a little bit points of confluence there. Okay, anything to add to the spy conversation? 
Oh, absolutely. So very interesting. I'm looking at the last uh, 30 days of put call open interest ratio and you would not believe it's 2.05, which is very bearish. So you have almost 15 million open interest in the put side versus 7.3 million on the call side in the open interest. So that's 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 amazing. But that's, again, the last 30 days worth of data. Um, I don't know how to predict that, but definitely the, the signs are showing bullish on the put side, but I see the, uh, the stock market keeps climbing up. So, Yeah, I think this next week is uh, going to be interesting to see how we start off, right? Do we get a nice push off of this level or... You know, does it retreat a little bit? Maybe pull back to the uh, moving averages a little. So we'll see. Um, next up, though, we've got. Oh, I'm sorry. Do you have something else to add there, Sean? I was just going to say, one of the listeners just put Spy to 350. So that's what he thinks. So, hey, uh, <laughs> you can't, uh, that's, that's awesome. That's the, it's been too long since I've heard somebody give a dose of. A humbling reality there. That's potential, right? I mean, uh, this could happen. So, um, yeah, yeah. Keep your eyes open. I would say, let's see if it gets back to 404 first. Um, but I'll tell you what, if it does get back to 404 after this third attempt to break out, um, th- yeah, 350 might be in the cards. I love the comment. That's great. Um, we got the cues up next. Let's take a look at those. Keep the comments coming. Um, so, I think, Sean, I've got, do I have your chart up next? Yeah, go ahead, jump into the queues. Absolutely, yeah. So the running theme for me tonight is going to be a two-hour chart. So even when I, when I do my set of charts, that will be two-hour charts as well. I just want to take a little bit of a short uh, time frame uh, with, with these charts. Um, but, yeah, with the QQQ, we can see that it has broken through a little bit more aggressively than the SPY. Um, and that's, it's really quite high above the um, all three moving averages, the 250 and the 20 that you can see drawn there. Um, and it, what we can see is this kind of big grey box going straight through the middle of the chart. And that's the kind of grey box that I've been having for the last few weeks, really. Probably a couple of months, actually, to be fair. Um, so we've moved cleanly out of that box and we've kind of broken through that 333 level as well, which I don't mm-hmm. know if this can sustain this. It's quite a lot of you know, upwards movement. Um, obviously, I'm happy for it to continue, but I would maybe look for a retrace down to that three, uh, triple three level. Yeah, you know, I, I totally agree. It's kind of what I highlighted. I've got the daily candles for the cues in my chart uh, right after yours here. And um, what I highlighted was the prior highs that we get to. And after we pulled back a bit, it sold off for a little while, right? Um, but then we would either test a moving average or find some, you know, footing and then continue higher. And, you know, I, I noted here that, you know, those swings seem to keep occurring, but at, you know, tighter ranges which makes sense. Um, but also you can, what I noted is the moving averages. I've got the 20 day, then the 50 day, and then the 150 day on the larger chart on the daily, um, all sliding in right at those prior um, highs on, on the swing up. So um, that's kind of interesting. It feels like a good support level. And if we get support there, those could be some good buy zones. So I noted that. Um, I embedded my weekly chart here as well. Because of that it. breakout, yeah, that breakout there, that big candle, um, that's huge, right? And then we've got a, a uh, that's a typo. This is 150-day SMA support. That's 150-week uh, simple moving average support that we've bounced off of there and moving at, uh, much higher. We've also got the 20-week moving average moving above the 50. 
another short-term bullish signal and you know both MACD and RSI positive on the weekly chart for the queues. So, I mean, all systems go is what I'm seeing. Yeah, you can clearly see where people's money are going. Yeah, that's where, I mean, there's there's not been any signs of slowing down. It makes me nervous at this level. And, uh, you know, the higher highs are seem to be compressing, but this late, late uh, latest run has been, I mean, we moved off of 321 all the way up to, you know, 336 here. Uh, that's, that's a nice move. And a similar uh, ratio of put call at 2. Uh, for QQQ as well, open interest, very bearish. So maybe that's just hedging, you know, it could be a bearish sentiment, but you know, probably a lot of hedging given this big run in the queues, just just to take a little bit of caution there and make sure that you don't give back any gains or all of the gains kind of a situation. So Yeah, most likely, most likely. Well, Sean, I'll hand it over to you. Let's get into some stocks. I think we got Tesla up first. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, so this is my set. We've got Tesla, Neo, Palantir, and Rivian today. Um, so let's jump straight into Tesla, and we can see here on the chart quite a few levels drawn. These are levels that I've had throughout the last few months and, and onwards: uh, one hundred and fifty, one hundred and seventy-nine, and one hundred and eighty-seven, and two hundred. And we're kind of in that kind of one hundred and seventy-nine level. Uh, we had a nice run from about one hundred and sixty-five all the way up to one hundred and seventy-nine. But as you can see, if you look back in the chart, it has proved it kind of you know, fairly solid support there, thereabouts. So what I'd be looking at this week, especially, is uh, moving through that 179 level and moving up to this 187 level. Probably have a nice little rejection off of that, keep it healthy, and then come back down to test one of the moving averages, probably most likely the 20. And obviously having that 200 underneath that would be a nice support going forward. There's been a little, little bit more positive um, sentiment around Tesla recently. Obviously, we've been on Musk, uh, Musk um, handing over the reins to, to Twitter, new CEO. Um, so that, that's good. And obviously, new products being announced and possible rumors of advertising as well. Um, so there's a few, a bit more positive sentiment in, in Tesla. And this is what I see on the chart. And if you have any thoughts. I, you know, yeah, I see the same things on the chart. And then the, the items you're mentioning, feels like uh, Elon's going to start talking a little bit more about Tesla and uh you know, he always talks positive, so there'll be some potential catalysts that he'll put out there uh, that could continue to push this thing higher. I like that it's above the 50-day moving average, and, um, um, you know, I'm looking at my daily chart just off on the side here. So it broke above the 50 and the 150-day um, nice and cleanly on strong support last, last week on the big, strong four-day move. So, yeah, I like that you've zoomed in here because we are trading short-term, and, yeah, this is this is con very constructive chart. I'm curious if the option sentiment has got a uh, a super bullish tone to it, Kay, or if it's um, more defensive. I would guess it's going to be bullish and not so defensive. Absolutely, you got that right, Sean. It's 0.78, so definitely bullish. And uh, for next week, if you're looking at the trade around the 30 delta, we have almost 30,000 open interest on the call side at 185. Whereas at around the same delta uh, on the put side, which is 175, you're looking at about 6,800 contracts open interest. So you can clearly just look at this num these numbers and you can tell that um, it's more bullish versus bearish. Wow, that's good news. Uh, well, if you're on the bull side, of course. Um, but yeah, no, fantastic. That's, uh, that's good for Tesla in the near term. And we'll move on to Neo, since we're in that sector. Uh, let me just find it on my, there we go. So yeah, this one is a, is a fun chart, I'll tell you that. 
So we're in this kind of little bit of a wedge here at the moment, as you can see that I've got here. And I've, uh, I've created a little caption box that says lower low question mark. Um, and that's just because we had a little bounce, obviously, last week, the kind of Thursday, Friday area. Um, and we're kind of breaking through that up, uh, that trend line that's coming down. Now, at the same time, we are hitting that 20 moving average and the 50 moving average, which could act as a as a good support, uh, sorry, good resistance level. As we can see back in the chart in the kind of red circle we've got um, around this $8 level. So it could obviously hit this uh, as a resistance point, and I completely get that. And obviously, the sentiment for Neo at the moment, especially on social media and Twitter, of course, is is negative. Um, and that's not you know, not always the worst thing. Obviously, the company is still operating; it's still doing its thing. So it could be a good accumulation zone, a good accumulation time in general. Um, I'm not. This is not financial advice. It's just what I'm what I'm saying. But obviously, if we do break the all of these kind of three resistance points of the trend line and the two minute averages, eight fifty three is where I'm looking at, and obviously that two hundred line as well. Um, and beyond that, obviously, 950, 1050, as I've got lines at the top there. Um, but that's what I see for Neo in the short term. You know, it could possibly be breaking that lower low. That's why I've got the question mark, um, because it could easily not be a lower low. Yeah. Um, man, I think I've been hit with uh, negativity around Neo. Every time I look at the chart and try to get constructive, it's it's been tough. It's been a tough go recently. Um but yeah, uh, you know, that $8 level is what we've got to stay above, see it stay above. Um, it could just be cleaning out folks here with a few dips below eight, and then we can maybe get back above and hold that level. But on the daily, it looks like, you know, still in a clear downtrend. We can draw, draw a pretty clean line. So I want to see it get back above the 50-day the moving average to get, you know, really nice confidence, which would also get above the recent high uh, around 8.55 or so. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what I would be wanting to see happen to get, you know, a constructive move going right now. It's been, it's been tough, but got to hold that eight level, right, Sean? Absolutely. And I've just realized I've actually captioned the picture wrong. I actually meant to write a higher low and I've been saying lower low this whole time. So this, you know, that's meant to be a higher low question mark. Not lower low, yeah, question mark. In the super near term, we got a nice little bounce on Friday. Yeah. Um, I also noticed the, the comment from Doc, I think it was from let me jump back here and double check. Yeah, Dr. One, thanks for joining us. And your question around Tesla, Sean, I don't know if uh, you want to mind jumping back on Tesla just real quick, but uh, the, the question is, are we going to go back and fill, you know, or does it look like we go down to 168 before going back up to 200? Like, what's the possibility of that look like? And we've talked about that a little bit in the past. Um, you know, we had that gap yeah. fill down there, but what are your thoughts on Tesla maybe retesting that area? I think it's, you know, it could be highly possible, and that is where that trend line is. Um, you can kind of see it on the screen that I've got here. That trend line is kind of coming up from just middle left to kind of middle right, um, and that would be about 168. Is that right? Is that what you said, 168? Yeah, 168. So if we did retrace down there, it would have to be kind of in the next you know, week or so just to kind of retest that trend line. And obviously, if we do break that trend line downwards, we'd be looking at 150, I reckon, um, just from a technical point of view, but yeah, it could, it could you know go down there. Obviously, breaking the two hundred is not everything. It's not going to be you know solid, super solid. It could you know come straight back down with a bit of negative news, etc. Um, so yeah, it could it could it could come down to one sixty eight. Um, but personally, me, I'm a bit more of a bullish person. <laughs> too too positive probably. But um, yeah, you know, we'll see. I think yeah, I think I would be. Oh, go ahead, Kay. Yeah, yeah. So the 
I think I think uh, the the news generally around Tesla at this point of time I would say is bullish. Unless we get some major market event, I I don't think that Tesla is in a in in a precarious position to actually make and even you know target the two hundred level. Now the reason is, first of all, uh, the very positive news of Elon Musk finally finding a CEO, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so don't that that is a bullish news, right? He talked about. Um, Finally, you know the cyber truck will see the light of the day, right? At this in this year, the yeah, only neg- yeah the only negative which probably people can spin is that Tesla is going to advertise, which they haven't done before ever. If you yeah. want to take that, but I I still think there's a lot more bullish momentum for Tesla in terms of the news and sentiment, unless something else happens in the market that nobody can predict. But I. I from my perspective, I do think there's a lot more positive for Tesla at the current point before, you know, uh, than negative. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. So the the point of, uh, you know, buy the rumor, sell the news comes up. And uh, so another good question from Dr. One. You know, I could see a sell off a little bit here, but um, that would be kind of healthy given the quick run up, making a new high on these two hour candles that, you know, that you're showing here, Sean, why not pull back to, you know, not maybe 168 would be fine because that would still maintain a higher low and then give you a chance to maintain that upward trend, you know, maybe 170 or so with the 50. Um, I think that's the 52. It's how do you say that 52 hour? I love that. Anyways, you know, coming right in around that 170 level, that would maintain a higher uh, low, which I would, I would find very constructive and something I would, you know, look to make a uh, a potential long position off of or a trade off of. So, good questions. Absolutely, yeah. And obviously, we we did start this with Neo. I just want to add a little bit of news in with Neo as well. Um, the ES six launch event is Wednesday, so you might get a little bit of hype around there. Um, and for once, they're actually going to be delivering that vehicle almost immediately afterwards. Uh, they say next day, which is is quite incredible because before it's been a few months um, until actually being able to get the car. So yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll finish off that with Neo, a bit of news there. And we're That's actually it. going to stay with electric vehicles, I think. I'm not, I'm not going to move on to Palantir just yet. I know you're dying to hear about it, but not just uh-huh. yet. And we're going to move on to Rivian. Um, this one caught my attention a little bit, just because they had a fairly good earnings report a couple of weeks back. And they posted some you know, fairly good numbers. They're losing less money, which is you know, always a good sign, but they're still losing a lot of money, to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, we can see it's in a bit of a tricky spot on a technical level. It's kind of hovering around all three of these moving averages. Now, obviously, this is the two-hour chart, of course. So it's not everything. If you zoom out, it might be different. What is different, of course. Um, but what I really want to see here is a nice bounce up of all three of them in the positive direction. And um, we are kind of we have set that kind of lower low in inverted commas back on the 15th of May. Um, with a really big buying power, as you can see there. Not a huge volume, um, as you can see that. But yeah, really big green day, could have been the market, et cetera. But that, that could be another higher low. And you can see I've drawn that with the trend line um, underneath it, uh, which starts back in the end of April. So on, on the two hour chart, I'd be looking to move back up to this two, uh, 14, 15 level. Um, and then moving through that, hopefully up to kind of 15 plus, et cetera. Um, but yeah, they're still losing money, but they're losing less. They're hoping to deliver 50K cars by the end of the year. They've only delivered 8,000. So could that be possibly negative and could we actually use this as a ceiling and bounce lower, which is obviously highly possible. Um, but for me, being a bull, I can't stop being positive. It's, it's very hard. <laughs> Do you see this more negative, mate? 
Well, it looks like it's an overall downward trend, right? But uh, I see your constructive, uh, why are you constructive here in the near term? Because this is forming, again, higher lows, which is, if you can't tell, like my favorite pattern, right? If I'm going to try to go long, I want to see higher lows and higher highs. And after that big run all the way up to nearly 16, it makes total sense to cool off a little bit. Um, it, I would have liked to see it have held, you know, a little bit higher up there, but you know, around that 14, 15 line you've drawn, but, um, but that doesn't mean anything. That's just my, just what I would love, like to see. Right. Uh, so the fact that it held, um, at that, around that 1270 level got a nice push off of it too. That wasn't insignificant. It looks like big buyer, uh, big buyers coming in there. Um, yeah, that's, I like that move and I could see, you know, the, the, uh, moving averages here are also, you know, looking to turn into the pot in a positive direction. So overall, very short term, constructive, um, longer term is tougher still, but yeah, yeah I like the chart. I, I like that you're using these two hour charts this week, Sean. Super yeah, I just want to take a bit more of a closer approach because obviously I am a bit more of a trader, a bit more of a swing trader kind of thing. Um, so this, these are kind of charts that I use when I, when I do that, um, especially with swing trading two hours is, is kind of my go-to. Um, and, and this is the reason why, because we're in the kind of point of confidence here of, you know, different moving averages coming together. It could go up, it could go down. But if it was to choose one of the directions, then you would have to reevaluate and possibly take that move and, you know, swing that swing that trade, so to speak. Um, but yeah, Kay, do you have any options data on this? Probably not a lot. Well, uh, the option definitely is more positive. The put to call is 0.74. So a lot more call options open as opposed to put options. 643,000 uh, open interest with 474 on the port side. All right, okay, lovely. Awesome. So that um, that concludes my EV section. <laughs> There's been three of them today. So um, we'll, we'll move on to Palantir. I've done a similar sort of thing with you, Nate, here. I put the uh, the one-day chart kind of in the middle at the top there, um, on top of the two-hour chart. Um, but, yeah, really yeah. good things to say about Palantir. Obviously, a good reaction to the earnings, and you can see that in the stock price. Uh, so the, the earnings was, if you can see at the bottom right corner, the kind of E, it's in like a green shield. That was the earnings day. And um, we've had nothing but positive movement really since then. We had a nice little test of $9. Fun fact, I had a kind of ad position at $9 and actually hit 901. Uh, but that's trading. That's how uh, sometimes that is frustrating, of course. Um, but I just let the, the, the move run, et cetera. But anyway, um, we bounced off that $9 level and made a really nice move up to kind of straight up to 12. And a lot of people, I've been watching a lot of videos this weekend about kind of, is it running up too hard? You know, is it going too too much? And um, honestly, I think there's a lot of institutions coming into this because we're seeing a lot of buying pressure. Um, and what sometimes happens if we see buying pressure with retail, that you might be able to say something a bit more about this. Um, if you see buying pressure from retail, sometimes it can come down pretty quick, pretty, pretty sharp just after that. And you might be able to see that kind of back in the previous earnings report, which you can see on the left side of the screen. And it kind of came up, came straight back down. Um, I don't know if this is being sustained by institutions. Would you would you have any thoughts on that? That is a huge spike. I mean, when I'm looking at the daily candles off on the side here, those, those are huge spikes in um, volume, right? And they're around earnings, so you know, definitely uh, worth noting there. But this past week, you get another big spike, and it's not on yeah. earnings, post earnings, right? And that's the one that's notable. Uh, yeah, I think that Matt. I'm no expert by any stretch, but um, that's what institutional buying looks like to me. 
Um, we, and then, you know, you'll see a, the red candle on Friday and it's got a huge amount of volume too. But, you know, what I'll note there is it looks like sellers coming in to try to, you know, take profits and drive it lower and buyers are right there meeting them. Right. So it looks like con- continued demand, even at this, you know, between 11 and 12. So that's, that's super interesting to me. Um, that doesn't mean it won't pull back. I mean, after a big run like this. I would almost expect it to, but man, that daily chart that you've got there, that's like a, a poster breakout, you know, the poster child breakout chart right there. Like, this is what it looks like, folks, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> that's why I put it there. So, so we had a major kind of trend channel downwards and we just blasted straight through. It came down, we tested it there, thereabouts and moved above that. And to your, your point on the red candles on Friday, it could also be just kind of profit taking the end of the week. It was, it was a phenomenal week. Um, yeah. so it could just be a bit of profit taking and, um, yeah, so that that could be another another kind of side of things. But I think going forward, um, coming down to retesting that kind of ten level would be okay. That would be fair. We've got a good on this screen. We can see here we've got two resistance points that's met in the past, which would obviously act as a good support moving forward. Um, you would think. So maybe come down to that ten fifty, ten twenty level. I think that would be healthy long term. Um, but yeah, we're, we're in a pretty good patch. Um, obviously, there's probably got a few options uh, for the knowledge on, on K. What, what are you saying? Uh, on the option side, well, it's it's also very positive. It's 0.59. Yeah. So, it yeah, exactly. And, and uh, for our listeners, a couple of things uh, to keep in mind, right? So the option data that we specifically talk about that are retail favorites like Palantir, SoFi, for some reason, regardless of the market or the stock price movement, they always remain bullish because people tend to buy a lot of calls, uh, especially retail investors, uh, hoping for a turnaround. Um, not nest because the, not a lot of institutional investors are playing the game on these uh, stocks. Whereas when you look at stocks like Apple, Tesla, those big tech, that's where you see a lot more institutional investors, professional traders putting. So I, I tend to trust the open interest uh, data on those bigger stocks. But for these smaller uh, retail favorites, it's always call options. It's very hard to decipher whether your chart will say something else, but your options data will say something completely else. Yeah, Kay, to add to that, one thing I look for in these kind of names is... Um... Huge volume, well above open interest, right? So if you get volume spikes that are, uh, you know, half a million, million dollars, several million dollars on uh, these kind of tr- these kind of stocks, you know, Palantir, SoFi, as you mentioned, um, that could be a signal that you've got, you know, bigger bigger name buyers in there making moves. So I, I look for that. Do you look for something like that as well? That was for Sean or for me? Oh, that's for you, Kay. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, I do. So if you look at the volume ratio, that's 0.44. That's even better than what you have on the open interest. Um, so I definitely track that. I definitely track those, uh, you know, um, big orders that move or, you know, uh, that I track as well. But I generally tend to be a little bit more cautious um, and, you know, generally use the my ranges to uh, buy an options because I generally trade using options. So I, I try to stay in my range. I generally don't buy call options uh, or, or, or should I say leap options. I know a lot of people like leap options, but leap options is like also like gambling, right? You're throwing and hoping the stock will go up. It worked well in 2020, but we know from 2022 it hasn't worked. Oh, 
I like League of Options in some spots, Kay. We'll have to talk about that on some call in the future. But yeah. uh, it's selective. I'm very selective, but I like them in some spots. Worked well yeah. for me with energy in the last couple of years. Um, but, yeah, I agree. It's it's not easy to trade those longer data options. Um, all right, good stuff. Yeah. So, Palantir's going in the right direction. So, that completes my set. Obviously, I'll hand you over to Nate. And, uh, yeah, what have you got for us? Yeah, that's the understatement of the call for sure. Palantir's going the right direction. <laughs> <laughs> it took off. What a great week. Um, okay, yeah. So I've got NVIDIA pulled up here first and um, really just kind of patting myself on the back, to be honest, here on this chart. Um, what I posted is what we talked about last week, which was I wanted to see a move above the prior high of uh, 292.20. And if we got that, that I would be very constructive and could look to take a a long trade there. And um, we got exactly that. You know, we got open well above 292, a little bit of a move down, but nowhere near uh, getting back to that level. And that was after, see, so that was on Wednesday that we got the the open above, but that was after on Tuesday, um, you know, getting the close right at the level after pushing, you know, above the 297.50 resistance line and then, you know, coming back down. You got another nice move on Wednesday and you could have bought really any, any time in that day because of the strong move uh, again, opening above that 292 level and then uh, well above 297.50 for a good part of the day. Um, we got a ridiculously strong candle Thursday. So no, no doubt seeing some profit taking on Friday and uh, just a really nice move overall. So congrats if you got in on those, some nice volume. And as we head into earnings, um, if you, if you're still in and, and you're in, in the black, you know, I always recommend taking profits here. Uh, we don't know what an earnings call can bring, especially after a huge run-up that NVIDIA's had. Um, you know, you it's going to have high uh, expectations at these valuations. Um, and we're, the relative strength index shows it's it's definitely at the high end of, of the range. But, you know, NVIDIA has shown it can hang out there for quite some time and, and continue to move higher. So... Earnings this week will be very interesting. I'm sort of sitting back and waiting to see how that plays out. Um, I think if we get a rejection, you can seek some continued selling because we're right at key levels here, at, you know, trying to break to new highs, basically. Um, yeah, I think that's enough for me on NVIDIA. Anything to add there, Sean? Um, yeah, this this stock was just taken off, isn't it? I was watching it throughout the week, and I'm just thinking, blimey, is it actually going to stop? I know. <laughs> um, like, like you said, similar on, on to Palantir, you might be seeing some profit taking on on Friday, which is fairly normal. But the thing I, I like is that the volume bar on Thursday is is absolutely incredible. So the the volume is still coming in nicely, and like you say, I think earnings will be one to watch. I think this stock could trade a little bit sideways, you know, dare I say it, um, until earnings. Um, it's just around the corner. People might just be a little bit, you know, wary of what's going to happen um, this coming week. So that's what I'll be looking at. But on a technical level, you, you covered pretty much all of it. And I was going to say, just wanted to point out the, the volume bar there. Um, I'm sure the options action is crazy. And yeah. yeah what <laughs> that's you so this is slightly bearish is 1.13 on the on the ratio. Uh, we don't see any major uh, crazy option numbers. It's pretty even out on both port and call. But I think considering Nvidia is um, is one of the bigger names in the semiconductor industry, most people um, you know may have it for their long term portfolios. And 
I remember talking to you, Nate, like few weeks ago when it was in the still 250, 45 range. I was like, should I take profit? And then now basically what I'm doing is I'm just waiting for a pullback so I can add to my long-term position. I don't trade NVIDIA, uh, but I would love to um, at some point in time. But I, this is my long-term portfolio. I just tend to wait for a pullback and then dollar cost so, average to build the position out. You're not going to find any arguments for me on that. <laughs> um, I will one one more additional note here. I didn't have it in the chart, but I jumped over and pulled it up. And the implied volatility has been rising, and I note that because that's stand that's typical as you head into earnings. Um, IV will start to increase, and what that does for options traders out there is it helps you know drive up the uh, the price of of the options. So the flip side of that is once you get through earnings, there tends to be this IV crush where um, that implied volatility comes back down, and that also will um, all things all other things held equal that will pull down the price of the option. So, um, just something to consider when you're trading around earnings. That's why it is a little bit more difficult to trade um, around earnings. That being said, um, there's some big moves that can happen, and you know some big big money could be made. It's just not necessarily my style. Um, all right, so. Next up, I've got here is. Hey, Nate, uh, uh, there are oh, a yeah. couple of questions in the. Oh, was there? Oh, yeah. Let's Thanks for catching that for me. Oh, let's see. So I saw Dr. Wands about Tesla, and then I see uh, Ty is asking about shares and which are options. Okay, got it. Um, so did you see anything else that I'm missing? Because I tend to get those those chat messages a little late for some reason. Uh, uh, Doctor One also asked from my experience when the news is bullish, it goes the opposite. What do you think? I, I think uh, Nate, you did touch. It's like either you must sell the news, uh, but yeah, again, was... news is uh, news is ever changed. Every single day, you can have a new news. Uh, so that's why trading is a is yeah. an interesting uh, is a fun fun thing compared to investing. There's nothing like having the news just completely blow up any setup you had and uh, technically on a chart. It drives me crazy. Um, yeah, but that's what happens. <laughs> yeah. So I think that was um, related to Tesla because that was 15 minutes ago. It was. It was around Tesla, yeah. but it's still a very valid point. But yeah, so jumping over, um, I don't trade Bitcoin, but I do trade Marathon Digital, and uh, it's been a fantastic trade. I've been talking about it for weeks. Uh, so ticker M A R A. I flipped over to the weekly candles just because I thought it was interesting. Um, with how it's taking shape here. So I'm in this a little bit longer trade. I was accumulating shares between 8.50 and 9 and selling covered calls at about 11. and um, Or at 11, I don't know why I said about. So that's been the trade. I also uh, sold cash secured puts at around 8.50. Uh, you can see here that, you know, over the last several weeks, that $9 level is holding up pretty well, um, pretty strongly after breaking through on huge move um, at the end of April. So, uh, yeah, this, this is now kind of tightening up and it's tightening up right about, right around that $9, $8.90 level, um, is what I've got noted there. Um, the 50 week moving average is also slid in. It's at the exact same level providing support there. Um, so I don't know if we get a breakout, but I like this setup where we've got this trend, nice healthy trend moving upwards. We've gotten a nice strong support line. We got the 50-day moving average. That's a lot of information uh, sliding in right here where we're just above $9 right now with Mara. 
Um, so it does trade largely in lockstep with Bitcoin. Um, if you pull up a Bitcoin chart, I'm going to guarantee it looks very similar. Um, but that being said, uh, I just like the way, just from a pure technical setup, uh, the way this is looking. And I know that we got some folks that like it even longer term um, out there. But uh, yeah, definitely, I like the way this is looking short term. What, what do you guys have to say about this one? Yeah, I like this one. Um, really good setup. I'm actually writing it down in my notes so I can do a bit more further due diligence. But yeah, you can see the 50 week moving average coming right in there. And it's acting as support, like basically the last, what is this, the weekly chart, isn't it? Yeah, it's the last five, six weeks. And right. um, I think that's fantastic. I think that's really, really good. And you can see the kind of the wedge, the support, resistance lines you mentioned. Um, and yeah, I really, really like this as a setup moving forward. And you can see the RSI is kind of smack bang in the middle. So it's set up, ready to go. Um, in either direction, really, but you know, in the upwards direction. Yeah, so I'll be looking for a big volume move if we get a break yeah. out of this wedge. If it just kind of, yeah, if it doesn't really do that, it could just kind of bounce around nine dollars here, trying to figure itself out. But yeah, that's what I'm looking for. So Nate, I have a question actually, rather than a comment. Um, so when you are opening a cash secured port for Mara, specifically around the eight five, mm -hmm. um. How many weeks out are you look, opening uh, these generally? Because I'm actually looking. I, I was trying to open one last week, and I I just couldn't I just couldn't open it uh, because of uh, other commitments. But uh, how what would what would be your recommendation if you next week if you target to open? How many weeks generally do you look out to open CSP? Yeah, so there's a little bit of a mental game here, right? Um, it but. Really, it's up to what you're, how much, how much trading you're able to do. So for me, um, if I don't want to trade in and out of um, those cash secured puts uh, too often, then I'll go out as as far as you know, four four weeks, five weeks, um, a little bit more than a month. Um, that's as far out as I go. That's about the max forty five days. And more typically, though, I go about a, uh, two weeks out. Usually, I'm you know trading somewhere in the middle of a week. So it won't be that week's expiration. It'd be the, the following week out or maybe, you know, two and a half weeks out somewhere in that range, but usually two to six weeks, something like that. And the reason the, the way I decide is I do look at the premiums and, you know, if it's basically um, I'm getting very similar or even better pricing for the premiums as I move out, then I'll go ahead and take that rather than having to worry about trading in and out. Um, but at the same time, if I feel like that the it's a it, you know price is tightening up like it is right now, I might not you know move my date out quite as far, right? Got it. Um, so does that the, makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. So based on your prior experience on Mara, uh, let's say about a forty dollars for uh, for two weeks uh, premium, is that like a decent range, uh, a decent premium, or is that something on the lower side? Uh, let's see what my notes here. I think I've been getting somewhere between two and four percent. I've been getting around two percent for two weeks, so that's that's what I would be trying to target. But um, let's see, I have so many of these that I can't remember off the top of my head. So you okay? So I that makes sense. What I'm, what I'm saying there, though. So let's see. If you go out and you're looking at, did did you have a specific strike that you were looking at? Okay. Uh, yeah, the, I was looking at eight five uh, as well for the um, uh, for the cash secured put. So if I am targeting May twenty sixth, I'm getting like around twenty one dollars. So that would be 
uh, I guess two two percent. Yeah, so I mean, that's not bad at all for one week, right? And I'm looking at the June second, so if you get about forty cents there, um, yeah. that's that's nice premiums, right? And just think about that, uh, collecting that in just under two weeks, and if you're able to repeat that process over and over, um, yeah, yeah that, that's exactly. exactly what I'm looking at. So okay. forty cents on eight fifty, you know, that's what five almost five percent. Yeah, four point seven, perfect, exact. Yeah, it's amazing. I'm doing good math this morning. You know I'm on point. I'm doing my math. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Math on <Yeah>. Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Um, so, yeah, I can remain pretty constructive with Mara. That could change if this $9 level breaks and we get a breakdown. But, um, again, I, I'm, I'm accumulating all the way down to 850 and then we'll see where it goes from here. Um, moving on, though, into the DraftKings world, uh, another one, another chart that has just been – up and to the right, which has been great. Um, I was, I've been following DraftKings for years, so I'm very familiar with this stock and how it moves. Doesn't mean I get it right every time, uh, but what I noted here is the, the, you know, the the recent earnings pop and then pull back to the 20-day moving average. So I just wanted to highlight that because that's not something that's specific to DraftKings. That's a typical trading pattern that you can look for. So if you're, you know, you want to get in on a stock, for example. And uh, for the longer term or even a shorter term trade, but you've seen this big pop, you know, a lot of the mistakes that are made are chasing it and trying to get in after it's made the big move up. But often what you see are there's folks that are taking their profits here, folks that have been in longer um, that, you know, just are ready to, okay, finally got up to $25. Let's, let's take our profits and get out. So you'll see that selling and it'll come back to that moving average. Um, that is a great level to be buying at. And, you know, you can see the bounce. I, I kind of drew a trend line down. I thought we'd get all the way down to 22.15. Didn't quite get there. The 20-day moving average held DraftKings up nicely. And now we're, you know, back above 24. Um, we could, if markets cool off, come back down and test that moving average. And I just noted that as a potential buy zone for myself um, on the chart here. And I would be targeting, you know, in a short-term trade, taking profits again at 25 and then 26.13 above. Um Longer term, you know, if you haven't gotten in yet, it looks like it's respecting this 20-day moving average. It wouldn't be a bad time to get in as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, the amount of lines on here, you must have got a bit excited now. This is going back a long time, I'm telling you. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. There's lots of levels to look at here. Um, yeah, no, I completely agree with what you said. A nice little pullback. This is a nice little uh, setup. Um and your buy zone is, I like it, but if you look back on the chart, it doesn't come back and test you know, in the near term too many times on the 20 moving average. So it may have already done that already, perhaps. It's just something to look out for. And from my perspective, it could have already started to make that move and we could see 26 sooner than you think. But um, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, could have missed out on that, no doubt. Hey, appreciate uh, Dr. One joining in the compliments. Uh, super appreciate you guys all joining us every week here. Let's see. So Dr. One says, if we try the super trend indicator, it's interesting. Um, I will have to look into that. So I will take a look at that comment later. I appreciate that. And yeah, you guys take a, take a look, Kay and Sean, at what Dr. One's posting. Curious about that. Um, all right. Let's keep a focus on the charts for, for now. See how much time we have left at the end of the call as well. Good stuff. Thanks, Dr. One. 
All right. Um, I've got first solar up next. And, you know, actually, Kay, did you, I saw you came off mute. Did you have anything to add to DraftKings before I get to first solar? Uh, no, no. I actually was just um, um, saying, yeah, I'll, I'll take a look at the super trend indicator. Awesome. Awesome. Okay, good stuff. So first solar, another beautiful chart. Maybe this is why I'm so full of energy today is all these charts look really great and very constructive. And so <laughs> I'm like enjoying these charts. Um, so uh, I posted this last week, mentioned that we had that huge uh, volume spike on the acquisition news, which seemed kind of weird to me that you would get such a big move up when First Solar was making the acquisition. Um, but it must be accretive in, in a, a long term, maybe uh, bringing in cash flows. I'm not sure. I didn't really do that kind of a, a research. I'm more looking at the technical side of things like we do every week. Um, we've noticed big volume spikes, which looks to me like institutional investing in the past. And if you zoom out here, you'll see that uh, going back for quite some time. But in the near term here, we keep getting these levels forming. And it looks like we've got the 50-day moving average sliding in right above, right at this 200 level uh, that has been prior support. You see a lot of support here uh, previously. So it makes sense that we get a bit of a sell-off. Um, I don't know if we'll hold here, but if we get a bounce here, I, I would like that as a you know positive move again to hold at that 200 level, also the psych, you know, psych level, and then you know continue to move higher. So. Uh, if you're not in for solar and it does hold here at 200, that could be a potentially positive move there. Again, holding on that 50-day moving average. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, what you said that I, I do like um, breaking 200 will be hugely psychological. I think for um, traders in the short term, that could quite easily down to 180. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see what it has in the near future. I've got nothing more to add really to that. I think you cover most of that. Um, but yeah, I like it. Yeah, thanks, Sean. Okay, I don't think the options trading for solar is too great. And so, like you mentioned, I think you made a great point earlier that the big names with um, you know a lot of volume from institutional traders and whatnot, uh, that's where you can really lean on options uh, volume and, and whatnot to get a good idea. But I don't think for solar, does it hit that mark? I don't think it does. No, not much. Um, uh, but if you look at the put call ratio, uh, you, you'll see that uh, the open interest is only 208,000 uh, open interest in the last 30 days and put is 260. So it's a little bit bearish, but you can just see the volume. We were looking at millions of, uh, in the last 30 days, millions of contracts for larger names versus only a few hundred thousands in the last 30 days for something like First Solar. Gotcha. Yep, yep that makes sense. But yeah, great chart for solar is just powering forward. And um, I like to see it hold 200 here. So we'll see what happens. But that's the last in my set. And we've got a bunch of great charts with Kay next. So, Kay, I'll hand it over to you, sir. Awesome. Thank you. Now, I'm going to try to wrap it because I know we are almost at the uh, last 10, 15 minutes. So um, let's start it off with, kick it off with Apple. Um, Apple, uh, what I can say is still in the uptrend. It's continuing upwards. However, the 175 um, um, resistance is since from last August of 2022. So we would need a clean break from there and make sure that it, we don't see a, a drop down. That's number one. Uh, the second problem I see in this chart is 181 is an all time high for Apple. And uh, that from 175 is what? 3% upside uh, potential. Versus a downside, you could go as low as what 155 is that the last one on the Fibonacci or 
even if I say in the zone of 149. So you're looking at a, a decent downside if it happens. Uh, what could be the uh, trigger to break that 175 to going to 181 is the next developer con happening. I guess it was June 5. That's what uh, Sean, you told me. So that could be one launch of new products. Uh, most uh, most folks are looking forward to the AR VR headset. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, MACD is flattening at this point in time. You can see it's pretty flattened out here. Um, and the put to call ratio is slightly bearish is 1.01. So you could see there's a little bit of a hesitation coming in. Um, if we have to trade options, uh, I generally look at about 30 Delta. So for May 26 expiration, we're looking at 170 on the call side. Um, sorry, on the put on the, on the 170 on the put side, sorry, it's 9,800. And on the call side, it's 180 at 23. So a little bit more bullish on the next five days, but I don't see that there's any event for the next five days. So I'm not sure where that's coming from, but that's that's on the Apple chart. Do you guys have anything? What does it look to you is here? Yeah, I think this one I've been staying away from for, for quite some time, to be honest. I don't know why. It's just one of those things that just doesn't tick my boxes. But um, really, I should have actually got on board with this for a nice swing trade. But yeah, I think the 181 will be a, one massive test. And I think we'll see one of two things. If it does kind of come alongside the event, which it looks like it kind of is, if it does follow this trend upwards, um, we could see a blast straight through it and you know, all new all-time highs. Or you know if it's very very disappointing and you know release some possible numbers alongside the, the new products, then we could likewise, like you said, come back down to that kind of orange line, which is the 200 moving average, which would be quite dramatic. But we've seen it before. Um, but yeah, I, I would be very excited if it does break that 181 because it could go a little bit more more mad, really. Yeah, you know we had the high of was it 176. I think it was 176.15 back in August. And yep, here we are, right? And it looked like it just rejected right right out after trying to get above that. Um, yeah, it got above that, actually. So we got above that last week and, and just rejected. That's, man, we were right there. I don't know um, if I, I, this is one of those spots where I think I sit tight and wait and see what happens. Exactly. And yeah. so generally, like, so, uh, and I'll answer Ty's question tie up here as well uh it's a pretty poor rhyming but um generally if you own stocks and you want to sell covered calls this is the time that you sell covered calls when the stock is running up when you are reaching that all-time resistance that's when the premiums are very juicy number one and then once you get that rejection the way you can trade an options contract is you let's say if it has a hard drop of let's say 10 percent it drops so the options premium will quickly you know uh, get crushed and that's the that's where you make that trade so even though let's say you sold 3 months out but let's say you you got 20 25 30% you made it's really your call at that do you want to wait for the expiration and take full 100% or you can you know quickly close that out and take that 30 to 50% answer is different for everybody uh, and it depends so, so in my case what i do if there are stocks that are long-term portfolio stocks like Apple, like Tesla, Amazon, I generally don't wait to for the expiration date. Either I roll those options or I close once I'm above in the 50-60% profit. 
So that's how I uh, generally trade because those are my long-term stocks and I don't want to lose them considering the cost basis. So that's that's uh, that may answer Ty's question as well and also touch upon Dr. Wan's question on how to um, that uh, how to not be greedy. That's it, it really depends on everybody. Everybody has their own way of thinking. Uh, I always think if you're trading or investing, try to get one runs and not hit a home run every single time. Yeah, I think that's wise advice. Good stuff, Kay. All right, moving on. The second one, the big one is Google. Um, I don't know what to say to this chat. Is it going to the moon or what? Um, I was Let's very happy. <laughs> I was very happy trading this at 108, 104. Now, if you notice, we have run almost 10 days of green candle. There hasn't been a single sell off on this. Uh, it has closed 10 days above. We have crossed that 100 and... Um, Forget this uh, chart here uh, for a second. One second. I think it's 171 plus. Uh, we are right there. The volume is averaging now 38 million. So it's kind of um, flattening. RSI is 77 again. 78, all very overheated. Um, I do think that we are going to see some kind of a pull off at some point in time. Uh, it's it's this real simple. Okay. okay, this is real simple. Yeah. You, you pull up bard.google.com and you ask them, hey, Bard, what, what is Google going to do in the near future, you know, next month, next six months? And it'll tell you, right? And you just use AI and invest accordingly. Is that, I think that's, and if it worked, I think if Google did that and it worked and then they posted that, I mean, that would be tremendous for the stock. Wouldn't it just continue to feed on itself? I think we're on to something here. Oh my god, that that'll be amazing! <laughs> I'm like, I'm not financial advice. No, this... <laughs> that's perfect timing, Sean. <laughs> no, of course I'm kidding. But um, another one of these big names that are at crazy key levels. Sorry to interrupt, Kay. Yeah, no, no. This is this is amazing. I mean, I I don't know what to say. It's a ten days of no selling, only buying the stock. Any stock, and I think I have one more stock like that, which I'll I'll show you. Uh, um, I think it's Shopify. You see a similar trend. So let's jump onto Shopify, and I'll show you Shopify first. Uh, it 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 kind of aligns with uh, you. You saw these massive green candles on Shopify had the same effect. Now, once the volume kind of flattened out around the eleven million, eleven point million. It's starting to form this, uh, uh, trying to find a support level. Um, we had this massive uh, news about they selling the logis logistics business a couple of weeks ago, and then we saw these big uh, green candles. That's the only difference between Shopify and Google. Shopify has already reached, starting to find that support level, and Google so far hasn't. But I think Google will run into those resistance uh, level. Those are much uh, respected resistance level compared to Shopify. And um, we are seeing a very similar trend in Shopify as well. What do you guys think about this one? Shopify has been on a move, right? I think it's been all year. I'm pulling it up here right now. It's been a, a consistent uptrend, big move recently. Um, it's got that gap to fill potentially, but that gap is right. Yeah, right at that support. So I, I see the same things you do, honestly. 54, I really like 54 as the retrace to support. And um, then continuing to hold the move, that would hold the uptrend. It would probably hold the 50-day moving average, it looks like. So 
I really like the level you got there. Cool. For me, the, the map D is one to watch. There. I know you mentioned it, but that doesn't look right for me. It is a little peaked out, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. across. So as soon as I, I see that there is a there's a downward trend, I can actually change my fib, fib level and we can actually hit the 65 as the high point. That will give us some additional uh, layers over here. So that, that will do it for next week. Uh, all right, let's, uh, I'm going to jump back to SoFi. Uh, this, I think, uh, based on what we said last week, uh, and, and Nate, you were spot on, the 480... Is a, is a great support level. We saw this big uh, reclaim from that level and we started going back up. I still think SoFi will continue to be trending sideways. Uh, the average volume is about 18 million. So it's a pretty decent volume. Um, and um, But we still see some bearish trend, right? The, it's still in the downward trend, uh, but the 480 support and um, going back, touching those accumulation zone of 5.1, 5 uh, is, is a decent level from my standpoint. Uh, again, similar to your Mara, similar to your DraftKings, similar to Palantir, call options are always way more than the put options. So you at five, you have twenty-two thousand call options for next week, and at four point five, you have seven thousand put options. So you can just see the difference; it's one third almost. So okay, so does that sway you in one way or another for either? Buying shares and selling covered calls versus selling cash secured puts. You uh, that Nate, I kind of uh, missed that part. No problem. So what I was asking is, if you buy, you know, give. I was I was wondering if you have a preference in certain situations where you would either prefer to sell cash secured puts or buy the shares of the stock and sell covered calls. And when you're oh. describing, the reason I ask is you're describing ton more um, activity in the calls. So I would ex expect those premiums might be slightly elevated. And so therefore, um, yeah. selling cover calls might be better than selling cash gear puts. But I don't know. Do you have a, a take on that? So my, my primary preference is always to buy the share through cash secured put because I get premium. For it. That, that's my preferred way. The only time I don't do that is when, let's say, if there's a dividend stock that I want to buy and capture the dividend, that's sure. when I generally don't pay the don't play the CSP uh, strategy. My main goal is to do wheel strategy. So buy at uh, CSP, use CSP stock, get the premium, lower the cost basis, sell the covered call, lower the cost basis. And hopefully if it doesn't sell, then, you know, you keep selling covered calls until they sell and then you rinse and repeat. Um, that's yep. that's but I, I do prefer buying the stocks using CSP. Good stuff. Thanks for that insight. Cool. And um so uh Sean, do you have anything, any any thoughts on SoFi? Um not fundamentally, but just on a technical basis. Obviously the, the high it met in, in February, the beginning of February, and then the, the lower high that met in the beginning of May. I've drawn a trend line similar to kind of where you are from there. So I'd like it to kind of retrace back up to that trend line in the near future, um, personally. Yeah, exactly. And then, and, and Nate's your, Nate, your 480 support level is, uh, uh, that was a good one. I, that's why I did it over here. It's a separate line. Nice. Thanks, Kay. Spe special line. Uh, yeah, special <laughs> line. Uh, and, and, and the last talk, which is also my favorite, because I do trade uh, this either weekly or bi-weekly 
two options, which is Intel. So you you could uh, this one is very interestingly set up because it's fighting for that thirty dollar level, which is uh, on the Fib level is thirty point one eight. You you can see that it dipped. It 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 went up in the thirty one thirty two dollar range. It hit the thirty three seventy. Then you know we had a sell off, and back again. Then again a sell off, but slowly we are seeing it's fighting for that thirty dollar level, and and that is a very critical level, uh, because if we if we slip from there, you're looking at the next level is twenty three, uh, and, and there's not much support on on over there. Um, on the weekly, we have had five straight weeks of losses, so. On the weekly chart, five weeks we have closed uh, lower, but on the daily we can see the bull bear are fighting for the thirty dollar level. RSI is pretty flat, uh, forty nine seventy. Uh, MACD is signaling slightly upward. If you see, if you zoom in, you may be able to see that it's, it's slowly curling upwards. Um, average volume is pretty good, thirty three million. That that's pretty good. Put to call is point five two, so it is very very bullish. And if you are going to trade options um, or you know, just an options data for next week, at 30, we have 4,400 open interest versus at 29, we have 2,800 uh, open interest. So very bullish uh, on Intel. But this is the range that we're looking at Intel. Intel is not going to break uh, you know, all-time highs anytime soon. There isn't any major news Unless there's a partnership announced somewhere with some kind of an AI, then maybe yes. But at this point of time, I see Intel trading in this range. Nate, yeah. your thoughts? Yeah, that $30 level is no joke. That is going to be tough. Um, I would I would love to see it break through and then retest that $33.70. Um, but that, that is going to be a tough level. I, I'm looking at the hourly just zoomed in. And you can see <clears throat> a few times where as soon as it gets up there, um, all the candles tighten up on the hourly and then eventually kind of sell back off a couple of times now. So now we're right back up there and those candles again tighten up. So, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we keep this little tiny range here between, you know, like 28 and 30 for a little bit. It looks like it's possible. Um, and then see which way it breaks from there. Yeah, I think for me, we've got the three points of resistance that I'm seeing here. So if you, if you drew a trend line from the beginning of April down to where we are, we're kind of meeting that point now. We've got the 50 moving average above us and obviously the $30 mark, which you've both mentioned, um, all acting as a little bit of resistance for me, from my perspective. Um, so for me, it's looking like it's hitting a bit of a ceiling, to be honest. Sell those cover calls. <laughs> exactly. Keep selling. Keep keep selling cash reports. Keep selling covered calls. And that is the last talk, uh, last chart on mine. Nate, all yours from here. Hey, this, this is a great week, guys. Um, a lot of good information, a lot of good questions, um, good stuff to follow up on for next week as well. So appreciate everybody tuning in. Um, we'll do this every Sunday. Be sure to, again, follow Sean and Kay. Check out their YouTube channels. I'm going to be uh, launching a Discord room where I'm going to be sharing all of my charts, all of my notes, um, my weekly trading plans. And so uh, stay tuned for that as well. It'll have, I mean, I have over a dozen, roughly 20 different tickers that I have, uh, in, you know, deep notes on that I'll be uh, providing in that Discord room. So stay tuned for that. And again, thanks everybody for tuning in. Uh, just make sure you trade wisely. Uh, look for more information, not less. And, uh, you know, no, no YOLO trades as always. Uh, Sean, what would you say to, uh, as your parting words this week? 
So for me, my message is um, a bit about confidence. So when you're confident when, when you're trading, just have that confidence. You know, be, be mindful of where you are at the beginning of the day. Um, your plan, your strategy, your rules, your execution, your management, profit taking, etc. Make sure you track those trades as well. So it does help for the long term. Um, and just a little on the news side, on Wednesday at 7pm UK, which I think is just two hours before close, it should be 2pm um, where you are, Kay. Um, but yeah, that's the meeting midnights. And sometimes it can be a bit volatile around there. So if you are training on Wednesday, just be mindful of that. Because uh, yeah, that does move the market. Thanks, Sean. No, great, great quick note there as well. Kay, what do you have to say? Well, all I'll say is uh, trade safe, enjoy uh, the process, keep learning new things, um, uh, don't shy away from uh, tough uh, situations. And sometimes you don't have to trade, you can just sit and watch how the market reacts. And that's pretty much it. That's like, what I'll be I, doing. I have not traded Google in the last two weeks. You know, I'm just sitting tight <laughs> on my cash. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, wait for the setup, right? Um, I'll be watching NVIDIA this week for sure and around earnings. And yeah, again, uh, same messages, right? We're saying the same thing. Hopefully you guys are picking up on that. I'm saying trade with information. Sean's saying trade with confidence, right? That's the same thing, really. You gain confidence from that information, studying your trades and, and all of that. So appreciate you guys tuning in. If you missed any of the earlier stuff, uh, check out the recording. I'll post it to my sub stack as well. And uh, we'll catch everybody next week. Thanks, everybody. Take care. Take care. Bye. See you next week.